This time on Poll Hub, we've reached another inflection point here in the United States with the COVID-19 pandemic. States are reopening, some states are, some health stats are plateauing, but economic data about jobs and the economy, this keeps getting worse. We've got a brand new poll finding out how Americans are thinking about and dealing with the crisis. We're gonna talk about that. We're also gonna take a look at how much current state polls mean. These are the battleground polls, uh, the campaign for the road to the White House. Remember, there's an election this year. Is it too early to care about them? We're gonna look at that. You know, you may all be WFH, but we're PFH, not working from home. We're podcasting from home. So let's get to it. And hi, everybody. Welcome to Poll Hub. I'm J.D. Dapper, Director of Innovation here at the Marist Poll. And I'm Barbara Carvalho, Director of the Marist Poll. And I'm Lee Maringoff, Director of the Marist College Institute for Public Opinion. And when we say we are podcasting from home, we're not podcasting from the same home. We are all in our various locations. And later in this podcast, we have a very special guest from another home that we will be including to answer a question from a favored listener. Or a favorite listener or somebody who likes us? I don't know. Call it what you want. Anyway, um, we have uh, mentioned, we mentioned at the beginning of this, that uh, that we're at an inflection point, it seems, in this pandemic, um, as some states begin to reopen, and as we're seeing the, um, the changes, some positive changes in the health statistics. We have been out in the field uh, asking questions of Americans with our partners at NPR and PBS. It was NPR and PBS? Yeah. Just NPR, yep. sorry. No, NPR <laughs> and the PBS News Hour. Absolutely, our national partners. Thank you. I'm very confused about everything right now. That's okay. Um, we'll keep we'll we'll keep you on track, Jay. We're not going to let you say anything wrong. So we uh, were in the field in the last uh, in the last little bit talking to um, Americans about what they're thinking, what they're feeling about all these things, and this was leading up to this inflection point. What did we find? Well, yeah, I think what we're seeing is a lot of the states are thinking about opening up um, uh, back to work, um, opening up uh, other businesses. And so we did talk to Americans about what they think of the lifting of these social distancing regulations. Now, understand, we put our questions in the context. If there's there's really no further testing um, going forward, um, how do you feel? Do you think each of the following things is a good idea or a bad idea? And we kind of gave a kind of hypothetical situations. Um, what we found amazing was that um, a consensus, a very large proportion of people, actually agreed that there it was a bad idea to have large groups of people attending sporting events. In fact, 91% of Americans um, thought that that was a bad idea. 85% of Americans didn't think it was the right time uh, for students to return to school. And and we've actually seen that in some states um, where they've called it a school year and to give relief to both families and kids, um, you know, all the moms and dads who are homeschooling, uh, they basically said, this is the end of, the, um, of this academic year. And then the other thing, um, which was also striking, was that eight in 10 Americans also thought that it was too soon for uh, restaurants to open up for people to eat in them. And I thought that that was, that's a pretty significant um, um, issue and certainly something that uh, certainly suggests that Americans aren't ready uh, to get back to normal. But one thing where there was a little less consensus, I mean, two, almost two thirds of Americans um, thought it was a bad idea to get to, uh, back to work. But that two thirds is mostly made up of uh, Democrats, 
uh, and independence. 51% of Republicans uh, thought that this uh, it, it's definitely a good idea to get the economy going and to get people back to work. Yeah, I, I, I'm struck, first of all, by the fact that we got 91% of the country to agree to anything is uh, certainly an unusual uh, indication of things. I think we also saw in his polls that the governors not President Trump, the governors are ones who are getting the trust and confidence of the American people to kind of get us back to where we need to be as a nation. And, uh, and even some Republicans in that regard, uh, not with the president, about uh, 25% of Republicans pointing to their governor as being the person that they're looking for. Uh, and we talk about the president's base. I don't think this means that the base is eroding or collapsing. I think the White House has sent out mixed signals along the way from President being in charge. He was the gun doing everything. Uh, he was announcing various things. And then, lo and behold, uh, you know, he says, well, it's the governors, it's the governors, I'm not responsible. So I think his base has gotten some mixed signals. And I think it's uh, picked up in those kind of numbers. You know, one of the things that strikes me, and, and Barb, you mentioned this uh, on that restaurant question. And, and just to, again, I just want to read it. Do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea to open restaurants for people to eat in them? And this, this seems to me to be a bit of a bellwether when we're talking about the economy, because um, the economy has always been a, a central part of our discussion here for the last four to six weeks about this pandemic, um, largely because of the incredible impact it's having uh, on our economic well-being, on people's finances, on their jobs. But this question strikes me as kind of at the root of will the economy or how the economy reopens. So a governor can say, we're going to reopen this state. We're going to reopen the economy. We're going to put people back to work. But if 80% of Americans are saying, I'm not going to a restaurant, I think that says a lot about um, how much Americans uh, fear uh, or prudence about this virus uh, have to do with the ability to reopen the economy. 63, in this number, 63% of Republicans say they think it's a bad idea to go to a restaurant. So they can say, yeah, we should reopen the economy. But if they're not going to go to a restaurant, I'm not sure how much the economy is going to reopen, how quickly. And I think that's something that's going to be um, a really big, a really big story going forward, yeah. even more so than the health, because of the numbers we continue to see uh, in terms of the lost jobs and the lost incomes. Yeah, and our numbers went from 18% of someone in a household who's either you know lost their work or reduced their pay, reduced their hours, reduced their earnings. Uh, that number went from 18% to 50% uh, in a month. So it's not that people aren't suffering economically or financially or that they're worried about that. It's that they want to first take care of the health issues. That seems more prominent, more uh, dominating and on their front and center for them. Um, the one other thing I saw in these numbers, and I know we're going to talk about the presidential campaign uh, shortly, uh, but when we asked about whether Joe Biden or Donald Trump would be preferred to handle COVID-19 or the economy, um, who, which one of the two would be better to handle the economy, we saw a huge gender gap uh, in the area of COVID-19, 30 points in the area of who should handle the economy, 40-point gender gap. In comparison, when Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump ran against each other in November of 2016, the gender gap was 24%. So it's out there, it's huge. And my guess is that one is not going away as we start talking more about the presidential campaign down the road. Well, uh, Trump has always uh, had difficulty, I think, uh, attracting um, um, 
support from uh, women for his for his candidacy. Um, that's not something that's uh, new to to COVID nineteen, and probably I suspect that may be a reason why um, the the current focus too on the allegations against um, Joe Biden, because there needs to be you know some balance uh, for the president, uh, particularly among um, suburban women, which when we look at these numbers, it's just um, off the charts. Some of that has to do with the fact that they're more likely to be uh, Democrat and independent rather than Republican. But but certainly there is a very significant uh, gender gender issue. But yeah, turning to the, um, the presidential campaign, I mean, even in this poll, 34% of Americans said that um, COVID-19 would be at least a minor factor, would be a factor in, in deciding uh, their vote for president um, this fall. I thought it was pretty interesting that almost two-thirds of Americans have said that they've uh, already made up their minds, but we do see that in the polarization um, that we've talked that. about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think everybody's being completely uh, forthright about that. <laughs> no, well, people oh, sometimes on. like to have a wait-and-see attitude, too, uh, as the campaign unfolds. But, but uh, you know, but, right. uh, this, this, in the past week or so, we have seen a whole slew of state polls. Um, and I counted, there were no fewer than, I think, 10 polling organizations that um, were doing um, state polling uh, in, the, in the last week or so. And some of them actually did more than um, one state. Uh, so, so Joe Biden uh, was getting quite a boost and there was a lot of conversation about the fact that perhaps he should just stay in his basement because uh, um, he is doing quite well in many of these state polls, particularly the battleground states. Um, are these state polls at this point uh, an indicator of actually how the campaign is going or uh, should we not be paying any attention to them? Well, uh, Jay, Jay always says that my favorite word in politics and in polling is snapshot. And these are snapshots. And polls six months out are anything but a prediction of where things are going to go. Having said that, um, I'd always like to be as a candidate ahead than behind, no matter when it is. Especially and, as an incumbent president. Yeah. And, and so right now, Donald Trump is playing catch up. There's stories that uh, the White House is kind of like trying to figure out which way to go because they were all ready to talk about a strong economy that Joe Biden was part of the, you know, the, the deep state and talk about Hunter Biden. That was their campaign strategy. Well, that's all gone now. So they have to find a different way of presenting the president uh, or these numbers in these states, particularly Michigan and Pennsylvania, two states that Donald Trump carried last time where Joe Biden is ahead. The issue for Joe Biden, I think, is like, where do you find that one more state? Uh, and is, is it Wisconsin? Is it Arizona? Uh, is Carolina. it Fl Florida, Florida, North Carolina? Well, you mean, you mean you one more state beyond- uh, Beyond what Hillary Clinton carried, and the expectation is that Joe Biden will carry the states that Hillary Clinton carried. And the question is, if he carries Michigan and Pennsylvania, He's two electoral votes short of winning. So he needs to carry one more state, and that becomes a well, little bit. Well, but so, so it's what Hillary Clinton carried Michigan and Pennsylvania, which Clinton did not carry. That's right. And then you're saying there's still got to be another one out there. Yeah, one more state someplace. And I, I did note that the White House is talking about sending President Trump out shortly. And where was the state they were mentioning? Arizona. Arizona. So, yeah. Surprise, surprise. They must I be think, listening to Paul Hub. Yeah, I think the value of state polls at this point, and we have talked about this and we talk about it in, in the academy, uh, which 
we also talk about at the end of every podcast, but in our uh, Marispol Academy, and that is um, that it, it kind of sets a baseline, if you will. So as these polls, and it's important to remember that some of them are better than others. Some of them are, mm -hmm. uh, are, are done to a higher standard and a higher scientific, have a higher scientific value, statistical value. But if you compare apples to apples, if, if these polls, these same polls are out in these states over the next several months, it's worth it that we now have at what many might say is kind of the worst period of time for Donald Trump, maybe in his presidency, maybe not, but it, it's certainly not a great time. This is the, the, the flag in the ground, the stick in the ground. And a month from now, two months from now, three months from now, you look at these same state polls done in the same states by the same organizations. And I think that tells us something. That tells mm -hmm. us about momentum, if there is any one direction or another. Um, and so I do think there's value. But as a predictive thing, I think, you know, we've all said it a million times. It is a snapshot in time. And what, what we see in April of 2020 uh, probably has absolutely no bearing on what happens on Election Day in November of 2020. So are you guys surprised, though, that uh, Biden actually isn't doing better against Trump? For instance, in many of these polls, um, I'm looking particularly at Wisconsin and Florida um, and North Carolina, where he's literally, I mean, to say he's up is probably a stretch because it's just a couple points and um, mm -hmm. probably still within the uh, error margin for these polls. Is, well, is that a surprise? Well, I'd say, look, uh, the president's base is his base, and, and he's, you know, for the reasons he's, his supporters like him, uh, they still think he's shaking things up and he's telling it like it is, and all those other reasons that connect them to uh, the president. But we are seeing some interesting things inside the numbers. For example, among the elderly in Florida, Joe Biden's doing better than one might expect. Um, now, what does that mean? That may mean that the coronavirus is particularly worrisome among those folks, which makes sense. And also, they don't think the White House is doing enough. So that may be where one instance where the coronavirus is having an impact uh, on voters today. But look, do we know anything about this election? Oh, gosh, you know, we thought we'd be talking about the impeachment and what impact that was going to have on, on the race. And that's like so far in in our rearview mirror at this point. Um, yeah, but, so but, what, but what's going to be know, up, I don't know. Yeah. But we do know something. It's what you started with, which is that Donald Trump's approval rating has essentially, I mean, it has ebbed and flowed a bit, but it's essentially unchanged from the day he was elected, or at least a month or two after he was elected and, and then became president. Th that base hasn't really changed. And the polling average uh, of all of the presidential approval numbers, whether you like averages or not, no, so the, is is where it's been, and so, so the, is it going to be where it's at on election day? Does, does, is that base of support that was in North Carolina that gave him the win or, or in in twenty sixteen? Is that base of support still there in twenty twenty? Probably. It's just a matter of does Joe Biden get more voters out than came out in twenty twenty? Exactly, uh, and is the turnout can Donald Trump turn out more white men without a college education? many of whom are in a place like Wisconsin. And that could make- a You're right. And, and, the, and the state polls right now, I just don't think they can tell us that much about that. Talk to us in another month or two, right? Okay. And now we have a kind of like an unusual segment here, which we're very happy to have, as you know, periodically. We've uh, had Amelia Morell uh, on the podcast, and she's worked with us for oh, several years. And her father, John, is our number one fan, which we've also mentioned. But 
we were very happy to see that John, welcome incidentally to our podcast officially. Thank you. It's nice to have you here. And um, we also uh, want to, you know, you have submitted a question about uh, the Democrat candidate, Joe Biden. So we want to give you this opportunity to ask us a question uh, as we are all quarantined. We're, we're a very captive audience. So the floor is yours, Mr. Morrell. Thanks very much. And thanks, thanks for the team for inviting me. This is uh, officially my, my, uh, my media debut here. <laughs> uh, so um, I, my, my question related to, to Joe Biden and uh, with all of us currently practicing social distancing, I know he's in the basement of his house in Delaware um, and he's not getting any attention, um, especially with the COVID-19 updates every day from the White House. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you think his uh, campaign strategy is, is going to change? Um, with with this year, it's almost like the old days of the front porch campaign coming back. But uh, yeah, no, no, that's a great question, and 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 I would invite you uh, to campus uh, in the fall, uh, assuming we're all back and ready, because Mary and I are going to be teaching a political communications course, and this really uh, goes right at the heart of that. Uh, your question goes right to the heart of that because there's a whole new world of political communications that's going to be going on. We may not have our conventions, uh, the rallies. So social media is going to really take a, a front seat uh, to everything. And uh, obviously the president has been the king of social media uh, in terms of tweeting and his conferences and all that. Um, I would suggest, I'll take a first swing at this, and then uh, Jay and Barb, you can feel free to jump in. I would suggest right now that Joe Biden is more than happy having this be a referendum on President Trump um, and not making it a choice. Uh, The White House wants to make it a choice. They want to smoke Biden out. For the time being, he's probably better off just, you know, kind of letting it ride uh, because the economy is not doing well. Obviously, the coronavirus is something of concern. Um, So I think in the short term, it's not a problem for him. In the long term, he's going to have to get to social media big time. But I'll I'll leave it up to my partner. Yeah, and and uh, certainly if the um, if the state polls, uh, you know, which we've seen and talked about, um, are any indication, um, the fact that he's disappeared has really uh, benefited him um, among among uh, Americans and uh, has really given his uh, campaign a boost. But he's going to have to uh, come out, I think, from uh, from the basement um, at some point, and the um, and certainly the intensity of the campaign is uh, once we you know once we are past our our quarantine, stay at home, shelter in place, whatever uh, your state is calling it at this point, um, and he's going to have to really come out ready to to campaign. Um, I think probably for him. He needs to uh, get in front of the idea that uh, that the president uh, will be the best person to um, to deal with the economy, and um, I think that it would behoove him and and uh, and his campaign to get out in front of that I- that issue uh, with proposals for jobs, infrastructure, and all the things that people you know were voting for. Uh, four years ago, and certainly um, are not any uh, easier now. Yeah, Jay, as a former political journalist, does a candidate uh, held up in a cellar kind of like make it hard to cover? Yeah, John, I'll give you two 
the quick answers. One, when a candidate, when your opponent is blowing it, get out of the way. That's one of the oldest uh, tricks in politics. I covered lots of candidates who, when their opponent was blowing it, you get out of the way. And I think Joe Biden is doing that because the polls indicate that right now Trump is not helping himself. The other thing is I'd watch for the Tara Reid allegations. Uh, major mainstream players like the Washington Post and the New York Times have just today, as we record this, uh, editorialized that Joe Biden needs to answer questions about the sexual assault allegations of Tara Reid. Uh, that could be a game changer. We don't know, but it's not going to go away. And I think that could change everything we're talking about right now in terms of Joe Biden hiding away. So that's what I'd say. Well, yeah, because one of the one of the I think the 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 problems and the negatives of him staying out of the limelight is that then the agenda and the issue that comes to the fore about him um, is a little bit out of his control. And I think uh, that is certainly one that we're seeing. You know, I, I sort of uh, think back to Charlie Cook would always say that um, um, everybody is for liberty and justice, but um, Republicans tend to be more for liberty and Democrats more for justice. And so, um, I don't think that um, equating, you know, his his alleged behavior um, to Trump in any way is going to satisfy his base. And it's a very, very different issue for him. And there you go. So uh, does that do it? In the, you got a you got a trio of responses. Uh, there you go. That's fantastic. I appreciate all of the attention for my question. Yeah. Yeah. You know. We love, we love having your daughter at Marist, and we welcome you back to campus just as soon as we're there. <laughs> and please keep asking questions. I yeah. will. I'll do, I'll do everything I can to support the gang at Pole Hub. There you go. Thanks so much, John. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you again. And that'll do it for this edition of Pole Hub. Pole Hub is a production of the Marist Poll at Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York, or in this case, a production of all of our at all of our remote locations. Mary Griffith, remote, is our executive producer. Casey Schaff, remote, is our editor. And Amelia Morell, remote, is uh, hanging out, watching all the fun. Yeah, and she'll be working on all this to, to get it out to uh, for people to hear. Uh, anyway, thanks also extended to the Roper Center archives at Cornell uh, for providing us the ability to look back in time and survey questions and results over the decades. And if you have questions or comments, please be like John. Reach out to us uh, on social media. We're at Maris Poll on Twitter and Maris Poll on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget, if you want to learn more about all of these issues, as we say every week, head to our online learning platform, the Maris Poll Academy. Uh, it's free and it's there to answer a lot of uh, your polling questions, even if we're not. So thanks very much, everybody, and have a have a good week. And be safe, please. Thank you.